Blog Talk Radio. January. Let's go back 2,000 years. In 45 BC, Julius Caesar introduced the Julian calendar, based on how long it takes the Earth to orbit the Sun. So in 365 days, roughly, the Earth's gone around the Sun once. But of course, uh, it doesn't fit an exact number of days. So that's why sometimes we have to introduce a, a leap day. When Caesar introduced his calendar, he had to decide when to start the year. For the Romans, January was significant, as it was the month named after their god, Janus. He is associated with looking both forwards and backwards. So if there is any time in the year when one is going to decide, this is the moment when we say we are starting afresh, it's, it's quite an obvious place to pick. It's also the time in Europe when the days get longer after the winter solstice. For Rome, it had a, a kind of a powerful resonance because it's, it's after that terrible shortest day. The world is dark, the world is cold, there's nothing growing, there's no work to do in the fields. It's, it's a kind of period of hiatus and reflection. As the Romans grew in power, their calendar spread across the empire. But by the Middle Ages, Christianity had taken hold, and the 1st of January was seen as too pagan. Many Christian countries wanted New Year's Day to be on the 25th of March, which marks the angel Gabriel appearing to Mary. Although Christmas is when Christ is born, the Annunciation is when Mary is told that she is going to give birth to this sort of new um, incarnation of God. So in a way, that's the moment when the Christ story starts. So it was, it was very sensible in many respects to have New Year's Day start then. In the 16th century, Pope Gregory XIII introduced the Gregorian calendar, and the 1st of January was restored as New Year's Day in Catholic countries. But England being Protestant, continued to use the 25th of March until 1752 when an act of parliament brought the nation in line with much of Europe. Nowadays, most countries are run using the Gregorian calendar, which is why we see fireworks around the world on the 1st of January every year. New Year's. 2019 is the uh, title of our episodes, the first episode of the year 2019 on the first day of January. We go from WBRN Radio and on the Boston Red Network. A happy uh, new year uh, to everyone out there. This is a new year, a fresh start. We'll be working on our new uh, year's resolutions very soon here. As most people, uh, we would, of course, like to lose weight. We say that every year. And be uh, more uh, productive. Today, incidentally, is the last day of Kwanzaa. The uh, celebration, uh, it's a secular celebration. Today, Imani, which means uh, faith, is uh, the seventh principle of uh, Kwanzaa. We started out on the first day of uh, Kwanzaa, um, which was the uh, 26th of December of last year. Emoja was the uh, first principle, and then Kukakala Lula, which is uh, 
self-determination was the second day of Kwanzaa, the third day of Kwanzaa Yujima, uh, which is uh, collective work and responsibility. And on the 29th, which would have been the fourth day, uh, did we do Yujima yet? Uh, collective economics. And on the fifth day, uh, we have uh, Nina, Purpose. And on the sixth day, uh, Creativity. So we went through Kwanzaa. We've also celebrated the uh, Christmas holiday. Uh, We came in here with uh, the sights and sounds of many... uh, people in the world on this day that people uh, look to new. Uh, there was also from the BBC onto the uh, Commercial Common uh, an explanation of why we celebrated on the 1st of January in our present world arrangement. Elizabeth Warren made an announcement. We'll have it at the uh, last of the telecast that she has an ex- exploratory uh, committee to uh, run for president. From the uh, Washington Post, Jimmy Carter, How to Repair the U.S.-China Relationship and Prevent a Modern Cold War. He was the 39th president of the U.S. and, of course, the founder of the Carter Center in Atlanta. Forty years ago, Chinese leader uh, Deng Xiaoping and I normalized diplomatic relations between the People's Republic of China and the U.S., putting to an end three decades of hostility. This led to an era of uh, distinguished by peace in uh, Asia and the Pacific. And China's uh, spectacular growth in conjunction with its continuing integration with the much larger uh, U.S. economy has enabled the two countries to become engines of global prosperity. Science and cultural exchanges have blossomed, and the U.S. has since become a top uh, foreign destination for uh, Chinese scholars and tourists. The 40-year anniversary of this relationship is a testament to the ability of countries with different histories, cultures, and political systems to work together for the greater good. Yet today, uh, the critical relationship is in uh, jeopardy, I hear Chinese elites claiming that Americans are conducting an evil conspiracy to destabilize China. I hear from prominent Americans disappointed that China has become has not become a democracy. That's a, a bourgeois democracy they are talking about, claiming that China poses a threat to U.S. way of life. The U.S. government declared that China is dedicated to challenging the U.S. supremacy. The very word of supremacy brings to mind uh, counterproductive things in the history of the world. And that is, uh, it's uh, planning to drive the U.S. out of Asia and reduce its influence in other countries around the world. Its top government uh, officials, uh, if top government officials embrace the dangerous notion of modern Cold War between the two nations is uh, not uh, inconceivable. At this sensitive moment, moment, misconceptions, miscalculations, and failures to follow carefully defined rules of engagement areas such as the uh, Taiwan Straits and the South China Seas could escalate into military conflict. The U.S. has opposed $200 billion 
tariffs on $200 billion of uh, Chinese goods and Chinese retaliatory tariffs contribute to deteriorating relationship hurting both countries. A 90-day uh, pause uh, in a further escalation of tariffs was agreed to at the Group of 20 uh, summit that's in was in Algeria, uh, excuse me, Argentina. Sorry about that, and offered the possibility of reaching a permanent agreement on U.S.-China uh, relations. First, the U.S. has a long-standing complaint about uh, trade imbalances and intellectual property theft. Forced uh, technology transfers, uh, unfair uh, barriers to U.S. investment, and business opportunities in China must be addressed uh, quickly and efficiently. Normal, uh, neither country should use a national security uh, as an excuse to obscure the uh, other's legitimate commercial activities. China needs a competition for its economy to innovate and grow and pursue a fair and a reciprocal a relationship uh, is uh, the only way for both countries to remain economically strong. Second, Americans must acknowledge that just as China has no right to interfere in U.S. affairs, we have no uh, inherent right to dictate to China how to govern its people or choose its leaders. Though every country with a close relationship may critique each other, at times such engagements should never become directives or edicts. They uh, should rather serve as a two-way streets of open dialogue. China's achievements is uh, in a sustaining economic growth and averting uh, object of poverty. Providing economic assistance to other countries that needs to be celebrated. At the same time, we can't ignore its deficiencies in uh, Internet uh, censorship, policies towards the minorities and religious restrictions, which uh, should be uh, recorded and criticized. The balanced uh, key approach is to ensure that the U.S. and China continue to work towards solving uh, some of the uh, most intractable uh, global problems despite uh, current tension on other issues. Chinese support has been essential in our ongoing efforts to uh, denuclearize the uh, Korean Peninsula. Beijing has also offered critical help in past conflict uh, reconstruction in the Mideast and in Africa. The U.S. should return to the Paris uh, Climate Accord and work with China on environmental and climate issues. As the epic struggle against a global warming requires active participation from both countries, but I believe that the easiest route to uh, bilateral cooperation lies in Africa. Both countries are already heavily involved uh, there in uh, fighting diseases, building infrastructure, and uh, keeping the peace, sometimes cooperatively. Yet, each nation has accused the other of economic exploitation of our political manipulation Africans, like billions of other people around the world, uh, do not want to be forced to choose a side. Instead, they welcome the uh, synergy, a, a business term there, that comes from uh, pooling um, resources, sharing expertise, and uh, designing uh, complementary aid programs by working together with Africans. The U.S. and China should uh, also be helping uh, themselves overcome distrust and build uh vital relationships. In uh, 1979, Deng Xiaoping and I uh, knew we were advancing the course of peace 
While today's leaders have faced a different world, the cause of peace remains just as important. Leaders must bring a new vision, encourage uh, new uh, challenges and opportunities, but also believe that they must accept our uh, conviction that the U.S. and China needs to build their future uh, together and for themselves and for humanity at large. As was Jimmy Carter uh, of Plains, Georgia, speaking uh, very uh, plainly on the relationship. One thing has to be understood that the uh, Chinese, uh, over a billion people, a very, very large of the human- large slice of the humanity, and in the uh, future of the uh, so-called market economy, we talked last night about uh, globalism versus nationalism. Now, the U.S. is is interested in uh, globalism and the neocoms extending the uh, reach of markets or of corporations on the uh, Salazar's model. He was once running a Portugal of state capitalism. That's what it's all about. Whereas China is uh, interested in um, forming the uh, cause of uh, socialism. Now you can dipper, quiver, or whatever about the uh, links of socialism in the uh, Chinese economy. We covered their uh, last uh, Congress and uh, uh, on their, uh, the uh, leadership of uh, President uh, Xi. It is uh, apparent that the Chinese are moving on with their development program. And their uh, five-year uh, plans are uh, there uh, to bring about the uh, best possible solutions uh, for their people in areas of medical care, uh, science, technology, uh, education, math, uh, etc. And across uh, various uh, ranges. They have been particularly uh, active in places like Kenya and Ghana and Nigeria across uh, what is collectively referred to as Africa in terms of developing economies there, providing scientific knowledge, including Internet access. What needs to be improved, as it is uh, in many, many places, you can provide uh, products, etc., but you have to also assist the people in Kenya, in Ghana, in Nigeria, etc., in their own development. It cannot be just a one-way street. In other words, go in and put an Internet system in and not allow the people to develop their own uh, particular expertise. You have to have these expertise. Uh, it's the same uh, situation here uh, in Nairobi. Uh, Watson, that is the IBM uh, product, they have data centers there, and people are uh, learning how to operate and uh, in terms of programming. Google goes in uh, to an area and puts balloons in or whatever so they can uh, sell uh, their little ads to get Internet access uh, to people. But that is not enough. We have to observe these uh, uh, situations as communities that is all about uh, uh, I should say what uh, Kwanzaa is about according to its founder Dr. Milana Karinga and the world a community it goes beyond just the community within the US Kwanzaa is celebrated primarily by African Americans and Africans in the diaspora but it goes beyond that to humankind and the worldwide community. 
Corbett Beer community is espoused by, say, the American veteran journalist Dan Rave. Our community is espoused, uh, espoused by uh, Bernie Sanders. Our other uh, political leaders uh, within the world. It is a world situation. Uh, we here at uh, bostonred.org and uh, our program, the Open Source Report, which is open source software, library software, and hardware. Talk about Ubuntu as a collective uh, situation. So basically, that is what it is all about uh, collective action. We're not going to spend a lot of time here today, but just uh, hit some uh, uh, very uh, quick items. Um, the unfortunate situation we're not covering the NFL as such because of the uh, situation with Colin Kopenick. And his uh, the NFL not allowing him to practice his uh, profession as a quarterback. Well, here's more disturbing here: the NFL's firing a uh, cycle is disproportionately affecting African American uh, coaches. And this is by Mark uh, Minsky. Uh, the efforts uh, to strengthen its so-called minority hiring pro- uh, policies and uh, practices boosted by enforcing long-standing uh, Rooney that was laid, uh, named after Art Rooney, the late Art Rooney. The NFL uh, significantly uh, dwindling of its ranks. Five of the eight coaches uh, fired uh, league-wide uh, since uh, the midway through the regular season were uh, our African-Americans. Mr. Rooney put the rule in in uh, 2002. The rule is named, of course, after the late owner, uh, Dan Rooney, the former chair of the uh, NFL's workplace uh, di- uh, diversity community. Leaders of the uh, Fritz uh, Pollard Alliance, the diversity group that works closely with uh, the NFL on a hiring of uh, minority hiring presses, said Monday they are watching the current uh, firing and hiring uh, cycle very closely and not overly uh, overtly alarmed or concerned at this point about the number of African American coaches being dismissed. They lied. But decreased number of African-American coaches does reinforce the need for some ongoing uh, efforts to ensure that uh, fair opportunities exist for minority coaches. We all know uh, it's uh, to win or go home. That's John Wooten, the chair of the uh, Fritz uh, Pilot Alliance. Uh, minority coaches are fought. Hugh Jackson, he was dismissed by the Cleveland Browns. Uh, during uh, the uh, season uh, at the Jets, Todd uh, Bowles there, and in Denver, Vince Joseph, in Arizona Cardinals, Steve uh, Wilkes, I suppose how he pronounces his name, and the Bengals, Marvin Lewis. Now, Marvin Lewis has been around a very, very long time, I think about 16 years. At the conclusion of the regular season, uh, the Bengals said it was a mutual decision, and uh, we kind of doubt that. But uh, with the Cardinals, uh, who had a record of thirteen of three and thirteen, Joseph coached the Broncos for two seasons with a uh, combined a record of eleven and uh, twenty one. It's a sort of uh, cynical. Wooten said, uh, "I'm uh, a little bit surprised at the two young guys, uh, Joseph and Wilkes, not uh, being uh, not because of color, but it's a very difficult." To say just come in and turn a team around, you can't do that. Mike Tomlin, he is with the Steelers. He's been there for a very, very long time. And was a supporter of Barack Obama. 
and Anthony Lynn of the Los Angeles uh, Chargers, and Ron Rivera. He's been with the uh, Carolina Panthers, used to play defense uh, for the Chicago Bears. And becoming increasingly apparent in recent years, NFL teams and uh, in an offensive uh, first league, uh, we're looking uh, primarily at different uh, at uh, uh, offensive coordinators for a perspective promotion to being head coaches, but they also recycle as uh, do in uh, professional baseball. We have a new program, incidentally, all about sports, and we'll talk more about this. Some teams, including the Oakland Raiders, a year ago circumvented the rule by interviewing a minority candidate not considered legitimate contenders to be hired. The uh, December uh, changes also require teams to maintain complete records of the interviewing process and dictates if a franchise top decision maker such as the owners involved in the interviewing and hiring process at the outset. The uh, top decision maker must remain involved in the process. Now, the current vacancies that provide potential opportunities, such as at uh, Kansas City, the offensive coordinator there, New England's a linebacker coach uh, with Brian Flores and Jim uh, Cantwell, the former coach of uh, the uh, Indiana Coats and Detroit Lions. Uh, Cantwell was fired by the Lions following the uh, 2016 season. Well, the Lions don't have much of a team anyway. Lewis and Doris Jackson, who rejoined the Bengals as an assistant coach, following his dismissal in Cleveland as a possible replacement uh, in uh, Cincinnati. This is uh, from the Washington Post. Now, there's also a very similar article uh, from uh, Reuters. I guess we'll have to do it this way, but we'll do it anyway. So, Reuters has a very similar article out about African-American uh, coaches. Uh, we can find it. Incidentally, it rained in Times Square tonight. There was rain there and not the severe cold. That is basically what is happening uh, throughout the world. Uh, throughout the U.S., I should say. The uh, NFL League on the Scrutiny for Lack of uh, Minority uh, Coaches. This is from Reuters. And uh, it shows a picture there of uh, Marvin Lewis. Only two African-American coaches and one general manager remain. Uh, Marvin Lewis, he was at uh, Cincinnati uh, when the Commissioner Goodell was hired. Uh, Goodell uh, was hired in uh, 2006. There were uh, seven uh, minority coaches and four general managers. Today there are three uh, HCs and one minority general manager. Ozzie Newsom incidentally retired. And they parted ways. Uh, we talked about Jackson, Lewis, uh, Bowles, and Wilkes, and um, the last one, Vince Joseph of Denver. Two African-American coaches remain, and we talked about Anthony Lynn with the uh, with the charges of uh, Los Angeles and the Rooney Rule, something we have to remember there. There has to be, uh, what has to happen there, there has to be, concert, uh, there has to be comprehensive action here uh, via Colin uh, Kopernik. You can't have in the NFL a situation where there's blatant discrimination against one of the few qualified uh, quarterbacks out there and not expect uh, communities of color to respond. This is the reason uh, for the boycott this year of the NFL. And we continue to speak out. But that has to be coordinated not only with players like Colin Kopernick, but these coaches who have been uh, let go, uh, period. And uh, who is this? Clay Travis, who the hell he is, 
Oh, as Fox Radio Sports. Why should diversity be in the NFL? Uh, in the NFL, go. Uh, African American head coaches didn't win, and they were fired, just like European coaches were fired. Well, the the situation there is how the hiring policy was uh, taken on in the first place. We have a situation where these uh, people of color coaches were hired to teams that were quote unquote rebuilding teams. Period. And it takes a number of years to, re, uh, to rebuild a team. We can just look at a team in the NFL like the Minnesota Vikings who have been struggling for years with various coaches, various quarterbacks. They had a quarterback that they paid uh, well, I think $84 million uh, dollar contract named Cousins, and Cousins didn't deliver. They had home watching the playoffs on a TV. So in other words, when you have these kinds of situations that are constantly out there, you have to look and look in, a, in such a way as to exactly where one is going. We'll go to Elizabeth Warren in a minute, but we will first go to ESPN and grab the uh, scores, since we can get it, from uh, the uh, NBA and uh, there were some college uh, games on also uh, last night. Uh, we'll get those as soon as we get ESPN here. And let me just, uh, we'll get these up here. This is on the 31st last night. The uh, Hawks were in Indiana, paces 116 to 108. The Magic were at the Hornets. And the, uh, let's see, the score there was Hornets 125 to 100 over the Magic. The Grizzlies at the Rockets in Houston, it was the Rockets 113 to 102. The Celtics were in uh, San Antonio. Uh, for New Year's Eve, 120 for uh, San Antonio, 111 for the for Boston. The uh, T-Wolves were at the Pelicans in the Big Easy. It was uh, the Pelicans, 123 to 114. The Mavericks in a Thunder. The Thunder, 122 to 102 over Dallas. And finally, the Warriors were in Phoenix. Uh, Warriors, uh, 132 to 109. And if we look at some of these uh, college schools, we just have uh, uh, today or later today, Mississippi State, Iowa, LSU, and uh, UCF, Kentucky, and Penn State, Washington, and Ohio State, and Texas, and uh, Georgia. And let's see. I believe we gave that right. Yeah. Uh, we just got to get to the right day here. Go through the month of December to find a few games at 26. No. Uh, I guess we never got Boston College back in it. On the, uh, nope, not the 28th. Sorry about this. It takes a little while. Uh, uh, we already got, uh, what do we have left over? Many times when you have the big game, the 31st, uh, we had Northwestern and uh, Utah. It was Northwestern 31 to uh, 20 over the University of Utah. And it was Texas A&M 52 to 13 over North Carolina State. Missouri and Oklahoma State, it was uh, Oklahoma State uh, 38 to 33. High scoring game there. Cincinnati and Virginia Tech, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, was from there, I think it was named right, Mr. Vic. Anyway, uh, it was uh, since Cincinnati 35-31 to 31 there, and Stanford and Pittsburgh. 
one-point game there, uh, Stanford, uh, 14-13. And the Oregon Ducks pull it out by one over Michigan State. Sorry about that, Diane. Uh, Oregon 7-6 in that contest. On to the National Hockey League, and we'll hear overtime there. It was the Kings... Uh, Three to two, and the Lightning and Ducks of Anaheim. And it was the Lightning two to one over Anaheim Ducks in overtime there. And we we'll get the rest of this in here. The Canucks and Stars uh, in another overtime. It was Canucks three to the Sharks and Flames. It was all for the six high school games for hockey. And finally, the Winnipeg uh, Jets and the Oilers. Was uh, the Jets four to three? Not so much for the uh, music there. We thought we'd throw that in because, in fact, it is the first day of uh, 2019. Uh, we'll have some very interesting programming here. We'll have some uh, live programming on live stream. We were going to do that this morning. We'll hopefully get around to that uh, later today. Uh, tomorrow, we have the week out here. We have an open source report coming up. In the next few days, perhaps today, and then of course we'll have numbers. Man, we'll deal with the 2019 economy on our on our macroeconomics program. So we have a number of things rolling uh, through here at WBRN and the Boston Red Network. We've been trying to consolidate our programming. We've been doing a better job of that. You can get us on the RS. Uh, RSS feed uh, on uh, iHeart uh, Radio and uh, you know the old blog talk you can find us over there you can find us on Twitter you can find our broadcast up on Facebook definitely you can go to uh, bostonred.org and you can find uh, the various programs are there uh, for your quote unquote listening uh, pleasure and uh, we uh, pledge to do uh, our best, basically, in terms of polling. I think we have some of the best polling out there. Our polling models uh, that we work with from Cranston uh, uh, Analytics. And uh, yeah, both of it, now, our uh, Seesaw model that is on the economic side. I think we've been running uh, pretty good there in uh, the 90 percentiles. And with our election strategies... Uh, one more thing before we disappear here. Uh, evidently, there's been a concerted plan uh, noticed uh, by the uh, Monopoly media to attack uh, progressive candidates. Uh, there was an attack by a group on uh, Elizabeth Warren. There's another group out there attacked uh, Bernie Sanders uh, in terms of uh, a Me Too type thing and not that Bernie did anything, but in the organization, since it was male-oriented. The only thing I can say about that is, because of the way that many of the political uh, consultants are set up, yes, there are more males in political consulting, there's no doubt about that. Um, there are more males that run uh, campaigns, an exception to that, of course, is Donna Bazile. Donna Bazile ran a, a successful campaign. She finished up with the uh, Clinton campaign and the... Uh, Democratic National Committee, but prior to that, she ran the successful campaign of one Albert Gore of Tennessee. So we remember that uh, with Donna. Donna is very good at what she does uh, in polling. That's Cecilia Lake there. We've had disagreements with her before. Also, we've had disagreements uh, with uh, Nate Silver, the uh, crystal ball, and some others there. Uh, 
Mr. Cook, uh, one of the best, uh, or the best handicapper around. Uh, he uh, has a diversified uh, crew uh, there. He doesn't have any African Americans there. Nate Silver had one. I'll have to check. That's one of the things we do here is uh, promote uh, people of color in these polling organizations and in the uh, political campaigns. <coughs> Excuse me, that are actually in the campaigns and not, quote-unquote, just consultants that take care of, quote-unquote, the people of color business. Incidentally, he also pointed out that uh, Bernie did not do as well with African Americans. Well, he did do well with African Americans when he was able to wage a campaign. Now, in places like New York, uh, people were left out. They were, uh, if they were not already registered uh independent uh, Democrats, they could not get into Democratic primary. Those are some things that have to be uh, taken care of. And Killer Mike, uh, who evidently went to work for the ERA, NRA, excuse me, not the ERA, uh, was one of the people out there that was uh, pushing a Bernie. But it'll be different this time around. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, uh, 69 years old, has thrown her hat basically into the ring. We'll hear from her in a minute. Bernie Sanders, uh, who is in his latest 70s, will have his hat in the ring, one of the progressive. Now, what we have to watch out is uh, people like uh, the uh, former mayor of Newark, New Jersey, the Twitter king, who got posed uh, by uh, DJ Trump on uh, Twitter. But nonetheless, he's trying to slip in as a Wall Street man. And some of these other candidates they would like to uh, slip in. There's a long list of them. We'll do a special programming on them uh, soon and how they will uh, turn out. Uh, some other candidates have been accused of being corporate, including Karma Harris. She is a senator from uh, California. And then we have a long list of other people there that uh, will be running. And, of course, we have to run through... Uh, Iowa, on to New Hampshire, and then on to South Carolina. Happy New Year. Happy uh, Kwanzaa to everyone. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you uh, soon. This is Boston Red from the Jerry Pippen Broadcast Booth on the 1st of January, 2019. On to Elizabeth Warren and her announcement. Good day. In our country, if you work hard and play by the rules, you ought to be able to take care of yourself and the people you love. That's a fundamental promise of America, a promise that should be true for everyone. Growing up in Oklahoma, that promise came through for me and my family. After my older brothers joined the military and I was still just a kid, my daddy had a heart attack and couldn't work. My mom found a minimum wage job at Sears, and that job saved our house and our family. My daddy ended up as a janitor, but he raised a daughter who got to be a public school teacher, a law professor, and a senator. We got a real opportunity to build something. Working families today face a lot tougher path than my family did. And families of color face a path that is steeper and rockier, a path made even harder by the impact of generations of discrimination. I've spent my career getting to the bottom of why America's promise works for some families but others who work just as hard slip through the cracks into disaster. And what I've found is terrifying. These aren't cracks that families are falling into. They're traps. America's middle class is under attack. How do we get here? Billionaires and big corporations decided they wanted more of the pie. And they enlisted politicians to cut them a fatter slice. They crippled unions so no one could stop We're them. We're going to turn the bull loose. 
dismantled the financial rules meant to keep us safe after the Great Depression and cut their own taxes so they paid less than their secretaries and janitors. It's time to write the rules for the middle class. After Wall Street crashed our economy in 2008, I left the classroom to go to Washington and confront the broken system head on. Elizabeth Warren, apparently not afraid to tangle with Wall Street. Elizabeth Warren is heading into the lion's den. Mrs. Warren goes to Washington. She did. We created America's first consumer watchdog to hold the big banks accountable. A woman who has warned of another meltdown. Washington doesn't straighten up. I never thought I'd run for office. Not in a million years. But when Republican senators tried to sabotage the reforms and run me out of town, I went back to Massachusetts and ran against one of them. And I beat him. And we are going to turn Washington back to the people. Today, corruption is poisoning our democracy. Politicians look the other way while big insurance companies deny patients life-saving coverage, while big banks rip off consumers, and while big oil companies destroy this planet. Our government's supposed to work for all of us, but instead it has become a tool for the wealthy and well-connected. The whole scam is propped up by an echo chamber of fear and hate designed to distract and divide us. People who will do or say anything to hang on to power point the finger at anyone who looks, thinks, prays, or loves differently than they do. But this dark path doesn't have to be our future. We can make our democracy work for all of us. We can make our economy work for all of us. We can rebuild America's middle class, but this time we gotta build it for everyone. No matter where you live in America, and no matter where your family came from in the world, you deserve a path to opportunity. Because no matter what our differences, most of us want the same thing. To be able to work hard, play by the same set of rules, and take care of the people we love. That's the America I'm fighting for. And that's why today I'm launching an exploratory committee for president. But the outcome of this election will depend on you. In the last two years, millions of people have done more than they ever thought they would to protect the promise of America. And here's what we learned. If we organize together, if we fight together, if we persist together, we can win. We can and we will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm